0: What's the matter, Morty? Coral, the space. Can you fire our whole thread? Coral the space. Great gowns. Oral. Beautiful down. Yes. Fashion has changed.
1: Hi, I'm Lauren Garoni. And I'm Chelsea Fairless. And welcome back to the Every Outfit Podcast, where this week we will not be talking about pop culture, but instead we are diving back into our monthly Sex and the City rewatch episodes. And what episode could we possibly do to welcome us back after that completely heart-wrenching and just like that season two finale? I think this is a good entry point. Yes, we are doing Time and Punishment, the seventh episode of season four, and you might be like that's kind of a random episode but no this is the episode if you remember dear listener where Charlotte decides to quit her job and Aiden is very shitty to Carrie about her past behavior with Mr. Big which feels very relevant in light of this season finale so this episode starts with
2: Carrie and Aiden making sweet love in Carrie's bedroom until they are rudely interrupted by a voicemail from Mr. Big that is the most Rat Pack sounding voicemail I've ever heard in my life. He's like, hey kid, what's shaking? Call me baby.
1: It would seem that Mr. Big got more and more Rat Pack cosplay as the seasons went on. He started like beatnik and then got like (laughs) Dean Martin impersonator by like the end of the series. And then became Tony Curtis by the movies? I don't know.
2: (laughs) He's so Tony Curtis in the movies. Obviously, this is a huge buzzkill. But Carrie finishes because that's our girl. But the reality of the situation, like, if that actually happened, like, Aiden would
1: probably, like, hate fuck her. Given what we know about Aiden now, yeah, he definitely would have hate fucked her. Or let's be honest, probably lost his boner. One or the other. I mean, this is a very television conception. What phone just immediately goes to message after the first ring? In television, we have to ignore the fundamental
2: truths about phone calls. Like, the fact that no one says bye in a movie, they just hate- Hang up on the
1: person. (laughs) You are right. So Aiden and Carrie are newly back together. This season starts with Carrie and Big attempting to be friends. Very jazz-based friends, if you think about it. At some point, she was gonna have to bring up the fact that, like, oh, right, um, I'm now friends with the guy that I cheated on you
2: with. Right, and we have this weird, like, Daddy Warbucks, little orphan Annie,
1: sexless relationship. Like, the real orphan Annie (laughs) and Daddy Warbucks. (laughs) Season four knew where it's at, because scene two of this episode, we got brunch with
2: all the girls. And Carrie is, of course, explaining the situation to them. Did you notice how disparate their meal are because Carrie is eating a BLT. Samantha has like the tiniest like anorexic person fruit salad. And then Charlotte is
1: eating caprese as an entree. Yeah, I wonder who made these choices in the series. I mean, we've read a lot about the behind the scenes, but I don't know. Was it the actresses? I think the actresses did. Well, they would actually have to pretend or literally eat it throughout the scenes the samantha choice of just a fruit salad makes sense because season four is where samantha is in her most disordered eating she's probably like i need to retake nude photos of myself again so (laughs) carrie says that she was able to orgasm and she hasn't worked that hard since her sats the discussion is do i bring this up when i first watched this episode before I was ever in a relationship with anyone, I was like, well, this is just how things go, right? Your friends with your ex who you cheated on this ex with, and they call on your answering machine. Now that I've been in relationships, it's like, oh no, 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 you definitely have to talk about this. Like Samantha is 100% in the wrong. Like Carrie's storyline in this episode could 100% be avoided if she was just like the next morning, like, hey babe, like that was really awkward. Are you okay? I guess I forgot to mention, I'm still friends with Big.
2: Yeah, she's the one that's making it sketchy. Like, I would be on edge if I was Aiden too. And so on edge, you're sleeping on the other end of the bed. Yes, she is no longer in the nook, and she's freaked out about that.
1: She correctly believes that Aiden is on edge because every time Big calls, Aiden is probably thinking, is it to start affair number two? And then we get the great line about, there is no hallmark sorry I cheated card, which... Hallmark really failed. They should do that just for the publicity. What are other categories that we need cards for? Like, sorry, the
2: IVF isn't working. Like, that kind of shit. Sorry, your car's infested with rats. Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) Just more and more specific categories. No, I love that. So the other big thing of this scene is that Charlotte announces that she is going to quit her job. She is stopping working altogether. And now that I am the age that Charlotte is in this episode, it is wild to think about retiring at 35 years old.
2: (laughs) Well, also the red flag is that Trey suggested that she quit her job. From her friend's perspective, it's like, do you actually want to quit? Or is this something that your husband is imposing on you? Also, Charlotte herself seems very ambivalent about this decision and very defensive about it. So that's also a red flag. Like it makes sense that her friends wouldn't just blindly co-sign and be like super hyped about this choice
1: Chell, she has so much going on or about to be going on she'll be pregnant soon and that'll be huge she's currently redecorating the apartment by the way not even renovating just redecorating no walls are moving at all she would like to take an indian cooking class paint pottery at color me mine volunteer at trace hospital and raise money for the new pediatric aids wing
2: and those are all noble pursuits, I don't think that working at a gallery is necessarily better than staying at home to raise a child. But there's something fishy about this. The vibes are off.
1: Oh, 110%. And in light of the second season just like that, would she still be a good gallerist 20 years out of the industry?
2: Yeah, I don't really know how closely she's been following the art world. Although she did seem to have a very good understanding of LTW's art collection, so she hasn't completely
1: gotten off of the ferris wheel i mean that is charlotte's save the cat moment you know how much more refreshing would it have been if we got the uh, john early in search party i don't want to work <laughs> working feels bad it feels bad samantha ever the wise sage in this episode says you better be damn sure before you get off the ferris wheel because the women waiting to get on are 22 perky and ruthless
2: there is nothing more ruthless than a 20 year old in new york city trying to break into a creative industry.
1: The millennial in me that doesn't compute that a 22-year-old would just get a lead gallerist job, but I guess that's how things were. (laughs) Pre-9-11 and pre-the great financial recession of 2008. Look,
2: we don't know what was on her resume. She could have been like interning at Gagosian when she was 10 for all we know. Her father was good friends with Larry. (laughs) Her father is Larry. (laughs) Okay, we need to get into the color me mine of it all though. I understand, you know, especially when I was working a nine to five job in New York, you do harbor a desire to be one of those bitches that's just like casually like having a long lunch or glazing a pot at Color Me Mine. But I love how savage Carrie's read of Charlotte is. Which is like, girl, if I saw you glazing a pot, I would walk right by.
1: If I saw you on a random Tuesday and color me mine, I just, I would stop in and be like, what's going on? (laughs) Why are you here on a Tuesday? Is everything okay? Yeah, it would seem like a cry for help. And then I would join in and paint a little, you know, piggy bank or something. Should we go to a color me mine? I love that kind of shit. If you were a girl that was like the pre-adolescent birthday party activity to do
2: no i love that shit i also used to take like children's like ceramics classes you know when i was young and i could get back into that then we get i couldn't help but wonder later that day
0: i got to thinking about relationships and partial lobotomies two seemingly different ideas that might just be perfect together like chocolate and peanut butter Think how much easier it would all be if there was some swift surgical procedure to whisk away all the ugly memories and mistakes and leave only the fun trips and special holidays. But until that day arrives, what to do? Rely on the same old needlepoint philosophy of forgive and forget? And even if a couple can manage the forgiveness, has any ever really conquered the forgetness? Can you ever really forgive if you can't forget?
1: Okay. <laughs> Did Carrie and not Charlie Kaufman come up with the premise of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? I know. That was my first thought, too. And the
2: timing is pretty suspicious because that movie came out like a few years later
1: after this episode. As we learned in season two of In Just Like That, Carrie did have a bit of a novice screenwriting career. I really love the detail about relationships
2: and partial lobotomies. Like (laughs) that is such a funny way to start out and I couldn't help but wonder.
1: Well, yeah, she's like, I got to thinking about the thing we always think about, not sex and relationships or love and sex, but relationships and partial lobotomies. We all think about these in tandem. But it's like, I don't think she's actually thinking about partial lobotomies. No, I think she's trying to get to two seemingly different ideas that might be perfect together like chocolate and peanut butter. So what do you think the partial lobotomy is, chocolate or peanut butter? The peanut butter, you know. <laughs> it seems to have like the same consistency that your brain is probably in after a lobotomy. Okay, Lauren, so can you ever really forgive if
2: you can't forget?
1: No. No. I don't think that's necessarily true but they definitely needed to have a conversation about the big of it all it completely makes sense that they would jump in as if nothing had ever happened but there's a very specific reason that this relationship snapped in two but see I disagree I do think that you can
2: forgive without forgetting because I think it depends on your personal definition of forgiveness right like mine is the Oprah definition which is that Forgiveness is letting go of the idea that the past could have been any different than it was basically. It's not saying it was okay, it's just accepting that this is what
1: happened. However, from what I've seen of at least relationships that have lasted for more than 40 years, a little bit of forgetting goes a (laughs) long way in a long-term
2: relationship. That's what I've gathered. Cut to Samantha hailing a cab in a hot pink double-breasted Ungaro power suit.
1: I don't know why I've always associated this outfit with her meeting Richard Wright, but obviously it's not. She meets It's another random guy that looks like he should be teaching pee or something. This guy steals
2: her cab, which is like the most egregious transgression that a New Yorker can commit. People that steal cabs should be tarred and feathered. So the fact that Samantha actually fucked this guy really sends the wrong message.
1: You have to be looking a street ahead to see if the light is about to turn. Because you can't steal someone's cab and then get stuck at a red light. Or else this is going to happen, which Samantha, I noticed in this rewatch, has a matching shopping bag for her hot pink Angaro suit. It's so cute. It looks like
2: the emoji of a shopping bag.
1: Yes. You know? Maybe that's where they got it from. And she gets in the cab with the guy. Sex in the City did give me the belief that I would meet someone in a cab and be having sex with them within the hour. I mean, maybe I did New York wrong, but that never happened to me. So the next day, Carrie wakes up and she's even further from the
2: nook. And then she goes in for a good morning kiss and Aiden's just like, girl, you got to brush your teeth.
1: It's so rude. Well, she tries to hug him and he immediately attempts to get out of bed because he's like, I got to go to the gym. You don't want me to get soft again. And she's like, I don't know. I like too soft. And it's like, well, Michael Patrick King did not.
2: (laughs) Yeah, don't project that onto her. She had no problem with your body.
1: He's way worse than I remember in this episode because the Sing songy like, not unless you might want to brush your teeth is like, ooh. It's giving like evil Matthew McConaughey or something. Do you think she has McConaughey in her head? I like to think that that's her inner monologue ever since she met him the season before. Like when Aiden's like, you better brush your teeth and just in her head, Matthew McConaughey's like, that's bullshit, Carrie, and you know it. (laughs) So then Charlotte calls Miranda. Miranda did almost Nothing in that brunch scene. It is Samantha who is delivering a lot of truth bombs. So clearly Charlotte is taking it out on Miranda because Miranda seems like the type of person who would have said like, you better be sure you want to get off the Ferris wheel. But she merely just looked at Charlotte. Carrie even was way harsher to
2: her with the color me mine comment. This scene is so iconic though. Let's play a little bit of it.
0: It's my life and my choice. Okay, Charlotte. Charlotte. This isn't about me. This is your stuff. Admit it, you're being very judgmental. I'm dripping all over my bathroom and you're calling me judgmental. And if you have a problem with quitting your job, maybe you should take it up with your husband. See, there it is, your husband. There's nothing wrong with having a husband. Charlotte, I'm hanging up. <gasps> Don't you dare hang up and, and and then- Stop saying Charlotte like that. I am quitting my job. To make my life better and do something worthwhile like have a baby and cure aids oh you're gonna cure aids good for you charlotte just don't be too disappointed if all you wind up with is a pretty ceramic mug with Trey's name on it take that back i'm hanging up. don't you dare hang up i'm interviewing girls to replace me and i really need you to get behind my choice you get behind your choice i am behind my choice i choose my choice Charlotte, I don't have time for this. I have to go to work. Some of us still have to go to work. I choose my choice. I choose my choice.
2: Okay, when she says, I'm going to do something worthwhile, like have a baby and cure AIDS, it is just like cure camp. Can you imagine Charlotte actually curing AIDS like in a little Burberry lab coat? It would be incredible.
1: (laughs) This is the genius. And I think what we long for in In Just Like That is there is truth to this scene. There is a lot of emotionality and then it ends on a great physical comedy punchline. The most important part of this scene is when Charlotte is vulnerable, obviously unnecessarily taking out her own insecurity about her decision and she's asking miranda like i'm interviewing people i need you to get behind me and she's like you get behind your choice and we get the great i choose my choice do you remember i think we played this scene during our cynthia
2: nixon fundraiser possibly i would have to go back we filmed it so i can (laughs) i can cross check i also like that part where charlotte's like the women's movement is supposed to be about choice and miranda's like Bitch, it's 8 a.m. Like the (laughs) women's movement. (laughs) I can't handle this shit right now. That would be me. Because Charlotte's like, that's not
1: a response. And Miranda correctly is like, it's an 8 a.m. response. Yeah. But this scene ends with Miranda throwing her neck out. And we are back with Carrie in a nude bra and a 1950s skirt giving Aiden coffee.
2: And he, of course, is in the worst mood and sadistically slaps a nicotine patch onto her.
1: I have always, from the first time I've watched this episode and every time I've watched it since, had an issue with how hard he puts that Nicorette patch on her. He does ask her why she's wearing a nude bra or did she go down to the Korean market in a nude bra and she never really answers. (laughs) She threw on like a
2: Rolling Stones t-shirt and went downstairs. Like, we know this bitch.
1: I will say that I do love the fake out when she finally confronts him about Big and he just goes, what the fuck? And it's because he's sniffing some some milk and realizes that the milk has gone bad. And then he's basically like, you just let this sit in here? Like you're fucking
2: disgusting is like the (laughs) inference like between that and her bad breath. She's like, dude,
1: you know that I'm like this like Woman child, right? Well, as he explains, it's not about her, which is fucked up. Again, so much of Carrie's storyline wouldn't happen if they were just adults who have gone to therapy and could communicate correctly. Because instead he's like, well, I have to drip all this furniture and no one will watch Pete. And she's like, I'll watch Pete. And he's like, you know, dog sitting isn't your favorite thing, which is a reference that the last time she watched Pete, she snuck down to go see Mr. Big And lost the dog. He didn't know that though. But I wonder in the months that they were apart if he started putting two and two together. (laughs) So Miranda called and is like, you have to come
2: over now and help me. I've injured myself. But then hangs up on Carrie before Carrie can even be like, I have a meeting right now or I'm gonna have to send
1: Aiden. So I actually take Carrie's side in this. Aiden offers to go and check on her, which is great. But... If you threw out your neck and couldn't move, I would send Paul. Because what could I do? I can't lift you up. <laughs> like a man is needed in this scenario. Yeah, that's true. True. Yeah. I think about all the time when I rewatch this episode. What was Carrie to do? Was she be able to pick Miranda up? Get her up and then call an ambulance?
2: Yeah, I don't I don't know. So Aiden goes. God, what a funny scene. The position that Miranda is in on the floor is just so good. I love that Cynthia Nixon is so happy to sort of contort her body in the most like extreme and unflattering ways for the sake of comedy on this show. We get that kind of when she falls in the park in front of Steve and his new girlfriend and and just like that when she's trying to get out of the sensory deprivation tank. It's so good. That's the doofi-
1: doofus... the <laughs> The doofusication. That's the doofusication of Miranda that we'd like. Yeah. Not being a vague Karen.
2: Cut to Charlotte interviewing her potential replacements at her gallery. She has the orange clamshell MacBook that we love. How have they never reissued that? So crazy. If I could buy like a computer
1: of today that looked like that, I would do it in a heartbeat. I know that it was not the best idea when they brought back the flip. Lip foam, but the clamshell from Apple was the best. We didn't even know what we had in the early 2000s. We really didn't. I just want to state for the record that the woman Charlotte picks to be her replacement is not me.
2: <laughs> okay, well, it doesn't look like you anymore because you've changed your hair, but someone did comment that once. Like, I think we posted a photo of us on the account, and someone was like, wait, is that like the girl that. <laughs> Charlotte tries to hire as her replacement. Also, the costuming is so genius. We know that she's a perfect fit for this job because she's wearing a single strand of pearls and
1: Charlotte is also wearing a single strand of pearls. I do love the look that this younger person gives her when Charlotte is like, yeah, I'm, I'm leaving my job to have a baby. It's not even like she's pregnant yet. Yeah, it's definitely awkward, but I just want to say
2: this girl gives me weird vibes. Like, it feels like she might single white female Charlotte. It feels like if she did get pregnant, she might try and snatch her baby, you know, like a womb raider.
1: Oh, see, I'm more getting Maggie Hall and secretary vibes.
2: Oh, yeah, fully. She's a little freak. Whatever, whatever her deal is, we'll never know. But something's going on there. And I just want to bring attention to it. Also, you may notice that this space is different than the gallery space that we've seen in previous seasons. And this particular space holds a great deal of significance to me because it was filmed at the old V Magazine offices at 11 Mercer Street. And I interned there the summer after I graduated from college. And then I kind of was in and out of those offices for the next couple of years because I was working as a photo researcher and I had a lot of clients there that were editors doing other shit on the side. And then I ultimately got hired at V-Files and worked across the street for another five years. So I basically spent like my entire like mid 20s to early 30s there. And I actually have an 11 tattooed on my ankle because I met a bunch of my really close friends there. So it's so fun to see it immortalized in this episode because it is now a Dion Lee store.
1: And you didn't see that gallerina (laughs) being a little freak around the streets?
2: It's funny because they didn't really change much to film this. Like the bookshelf was the same bookshelf that I would like reorganize every time I was trying to procrastinate something.
1: Pro tip for people working, <laughs> Let's reorganize a bookshelf. Just move some books around if you want to procrastinate. Hide your phone in the books, watch the TikTok. <laughs> So Carrie shows up at Scout. We forgot to mention that Carrie is trying to see Aiden in the evening and he's like, oh no, I'm meeting up with some guys at Steve's bar. And she's like, well, can the girls come? And then he gives this very wishy-washy, come, don't come, whatever. Should Carrie have shown up at the bar? Sure. I mean, I think she should have shown up at the bar because we get this bonkers Carrie and her abs outfit. Yeah, the outfit is really so good. And no one but
2: Patricia Field would think to style Prado like this because the top and the skirt are pretty similar to what came down the runway, but she adds the Gucci belt bag, the newsboy hat, and the horseshoe necklace, which was a very big thing for Carrie in her post-big affair era, her reputation era, if you will. If
1: we ever get the chance to interview Patricia Field, we really have to talk about the the Newsies influence in season four <laughs> styling of Carrie. There's another look in this episode that's very
2: Oliver Twist. But if I was Carrie, I would be pissed. Like, if I showed up at my boyfriend's place of employment looking this major and he, like, only
1: had eyes for the bartender, I would burn Scout to the ground. I think I would burn Scout to the ground because Shayna is not giving proper attention to this outfit. Shayna could care less. Yeah, I'm not into Shayna. But Shayna has no look of recognition when Carrie introduces herself as Aiden's girlfriend. And that is what would burn me. Absolutely. So the guys never showed up and Steve isn't there. Steve had to run out to grab something. So Aiden and Shane are watching the bar and basically pretending like Carrie doesn't exist.
2: So she rightly
1: decides to leave. I mean, Carrie ever the pick me girl is like, I don't have to work tomorrow. Do you want to come over? Which it's like, girl, you write one column a week. What do you mean you don't have to work tomorrow? You don't have to work most days of the week, I think.
2: Don't diss our girl like that. You also have to consider that it's not like she's just writing blog posts. Like, she's interviewing people.
1: Yeah, and she already came up with the banger line about relationships and partial (laughs) lobotomies. She was like, I'm good for a few days. (laughs) But Aiden doesn't come over. She's left alone with her diptyque candle. How long would you wait up? Because Carrie waits up until 3 a.m. And she's like, I guess he's definitely not coming over at this point.
2: Well, this is one thing that's really changed since we all have cell phones. Because you just shoot a text like ETA. Oh, you would be ETA? Before I'd
1: stay up until three, of course. Right, because she says, come over if you want. And he does definitively say, I will come over. See, you're much chiller than I am. I would have been like, are you coming over? Or what? <laughs> you just show up back at Scout like with your
2: curlers on, being like, "Who the fuck do you think you are?" Oh, you just imagine I'm Lorraine Bracco in Goodfellas, <laughs> <laughs> making the taxi drive up up
1: onto the curb.
2: I don't know why you have curlers in this fantasy of mine. You also have a full face mask, and you have like fuzzy like bunny slippers and like a grandma's nightgown. And I use one of the fuzzy slippers to beat Aiden. <laughs> the next day, Carrie goes to Miranda's apartment apartment to vent about this situation miranda
1: opens the door and is wearing the neck brace iconic yes which when we did our live shows for our book tour we got neck braces i still have them in our little prop oh
2: i forgot about that our prop yeah. card.
1: i once posted a photo in the neck brace being like tours going great and the amount of dms where people were like are you okay <laughs> like, yes, we're referencing when Miranda throws her neck out, guys. Now, is Carrie a good friend or a bad friend in this scene for bringing over the bullshit bagels?
2: The fact that she didn't bring cream cheese was a huge and psychotic oversight. But like, I don't think Miranda should be this pissed at her actually, because again, Miranda hung up on her before she could even say, I
1: can't come. Or does Miranda know her friend so much that she knows because Carrie didn't get the cream cheese, she was so consumed with what was going on with Aiden that that's why. She was like, her hand was on the fridge to get that cream cheese. And then she was like, why did he call? He should have called
2: by now. I get it. Miranda has had to deal with so much of the big and Aiden love triangle. It's actually not surprising that when Carrie said, was Mr. Big a big mistake on and just like that, that she was just silent. She's like, I have so much
1: PTSD from this, like I can't even engage. There's kind of no resolution to this other than Carrie's like, I'm sorry. Yeah, she apologizes. And then it's like, can we get back to me? Because I'm pretty sure Aiden's torturing me because what I did to him. Meanwhile, in the meatpacking
2: district, the cab-stealing asshole tells Samantha that she needs to get a bikini wax.
1: As we say in these rewatch episodes, someone gets shortchanged. <laughs> and this episode, it's Samantha.
2: And it's usually Samantha or Charlotte.
1: Yeah. As her plotline is beyond being the wise sage of this episode, is that her landing strip is getting out of control. This line has haunted me for years. It's my week between waxes. You can't get waxed every other week. And when you wax it lasts for like longer than a week. Every waxer is like, you need to wait until the hair is a, I think it's a fourth of an inch to have grown. This has chapped my ass ever since I've watched (laughs) it. And now we have laser hair removal, thank God. So Samantha and Carrie are walking. Carrie is walking Aiden's dog, Pete. Great to see him back in the series. Carrie looks absolutely incredible in this
2: Miguel Drover pinstripe suit with knickerbockers and a page boy hat very Oliver Twist yeah I was gonna say as a Dickensian youth (laughs) this is one of those Carrie Bradshaw
1: only outfits oh god yes and the and the white pumps as well the white pumps are an incredible detail Samantha very wisely says come on the dog the waitress Carrie goes I don't know if anything happened with the waitress and Samantha goes how much longer are you gonna punish yourself The dog has diarrhea, which... Unfortunate. Do we think Aiden fed him something so that he would have the runs
2: when Carrie was watching him? No, he's not that passive aggressive. I understand why Samantha wants to run away because she's like, ew, this is gross, but it is so incredibly rude to do. Like, at the very least, she could be like, okay, I'll go into CVS and, like, get some dog diapers and some, as if that's something they sell, (laughs) to get some... (laughs)
1: diapers and some wet wipes or something i did not realize until this rewatch that samantha just straight up leaves carrie she's like i'm not about dog shit so
2: bye i also love this uh moment and we get a bunch of samantha moments like this on sex in the city where she's talking too loudly about something vulgar in a public space and in this scene she says i need a weed whacker just to find his dick as like this older woman walks by and you can tell that Carrie is just
1: like, oh God, Samantha, like, shut the fuck up. No, she's literally like, we are on the upper east side. That's so good. Somehow Carrie is able to get a cab with a shitting dog to go downtown. I mean, even in today's age of Uber, you have to select you know, Uber pet to even be picked up. So whatever magical speech she had to give this taxi driver to drive her 80 blocks downtown with a shitting dog, who I did not realize is legit wearing a diaper. So she gets out of the cab
2: and sees Aiden palling around with Shayna, Shayla? Shayna is the name of the bartender at Scout. Just happens to be there with some coffee. And Carrie is pissed. I love when Carrie's pissed and pissed and walking at the same time because she has the cuntiest, like, most fab, angry
1: walk. If I'm Shayna, my only interactions of Carrie are what I saw at the bar in this. I'm like, this bitch is crazy. <laughs> it's so true. Like, I
2: actually don't have a problem with her. Like, she's fine. Let's not blame the other woman. Shayna?
1: Yeah. Oh, he definitely fucked Shayna when Carrie broke her engagement. engagement to Aiden yeah he definitely that was the first person so true yeah he had her on speed dial Shayna then Nina Katz (laughs) she thrusts the dog leash into his hands and then just walks off which I mean those are like four inch heels on those crazy west village cobblestone streets she also screams I diapered your dog right like that's this I diapered your dog for you I think my favorite line of this scene is why don't you just fuck her so we can both be bad? One of the best carry lines ever. I
2: miss this Carrie so much. She doesn't mince words. This necessitated a sort of angry and direct response. And I just wish we got something like that when Aiden told her that He was breaking up with her, but not breaking up with her and that they would just be on a 10 year break, I guess. A five year
1: break. See, it's a five year break, but they've already been apart for 10 years. So, and that went by so fast. So five years will go even faster. You know, there's a lot of talk online about girl math and boy math. That's some boy math. (laughs) Aiden shows up at Carrie's door. I imagine after he stripped all of that furniture, he gave it a few hours.
2: He's like, I hate that he calls here in reference to Mr. Big. I don't want
1: you to ever see him again. Which he's like, cool, that's not gonna happen. He explains that nothing happened with Shayna, but he did think about it. It's like, why did you have to mention that? Because he's a shitty person and he does want to punish her a little bit.
2: Well, it's more like now whenever Carrie sees her, which is presumably often because this is his colleague she's gonna think like he wants to fuck her it would be one thing if it's like oh i wanted to fuck that girl that we saw at a party last night but it's like i want to fuck this person that i work with all day long day in and day out not just work with he's a silent partner of scout so this is a power imbalance he is her boss yes and it's unethical that he sort of used her as a pawn in this
1: Although, as we've just made up in our own uh, fan headcanon, he definitely fucked her. (laughs)
2: After, after Carrie's, his engagement with yeah, Carrie. they did not F.
1: Did not F? What are you, Sarah <laughs> Jessica Parker? Ooh. Did you notice that Aiden won't come through the threshold because he says he's too pissed to come through the door? This is where this lineage started. No, I don't think the writers at all. Like, we barely remember that he said this line in season four. I doubt that the writers did, but it is very curious that he's had a longstanding thing of just being pissed off when looking at the door frame of her apartment. Question, Lauren. How long has it been since
2: the affair and since the first Aiden breakup? Like, how much time has transpired?
1: I'm gonna assume a year. I'm assuming we're summer to summer. If season three was in spring-summer of 99, this is spring-summer of 2000. Because normally I would think barring someone from seeing their ex
2: is like a big turnoff. I mean, at least in lesbian culture, that would be unheard of. But if they had recently had an affair, that's kind of a different
1: thing. That makes it a reasonable request, I think. Also, in season four begins the idea that Carrie and Big are friends. I think that would also throw me for a loop. There's one thing of having an affair with your ex, but to learn that you guys are just buddies now, when that's never been the case before. (laughs) Sorry, would you say they're buddies now? Now all
2: I can think about is like carrying Big tap dancing down the stairs of Mr. Big's mansion, his daddy Warbucks mansion.
1: Before we get to the, the climax of this scene, I do feel like we need to unpack... Aiden fucking hates Mr. Big. And we discussed this in season two of In Just Like That, but was this all a long con to get revenge finally on Mr. Big? I don't care how chill of a person you are to date someone twice, be cheated on them the first time, have a broken engagement, then find out that she married that guy. That's, this is literally the definition of the coworker you don't have to worry about. She marries him. He dies, tragically. He comes back into her life in quite a rapid succession and then leaves her. Because she had already sold the apartment and he couldn't fuck her in Mr. Big's bed. But do we think that this was all a very Count of Monte Cristo, uh, Long Con revenge plan? I wouldn't put it past him. He seems pretty petty. He is secretly vindictive and he hides behind his sort of West Elm chill dad vibe. Yeah, no wonder Wyatt is like screaming out for help. This is all bad behavior. I mean, he's being emotionally stunted and vindictive, but she's also being very emotionally manipulative because Carrie demands that Aiden has to forgive her. You have to forgive me. 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 me. Aiden, you
2: have to forgive me. You have to forgive me, Aiden. You have to forgive. And then he's like, whatever it takes to shut this bitch up fine
1: (laughs) dramatically it's a great scene but in reality this would be a four-hour conversation also my wires are so crossed i'm like wait was that a sex in the city thing or
2: that like melissa mccarthy movie where she was like a lesbian like (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah you have to forgive me can you ever forgive me (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile samantha decides to confront her oppressor (laughs) <laughs> and delivers a, the, the truly fantastic line, every time I blow you, I feel like I'm flossing, which is so funny and visceral and perfect. So
1: somehow the compromise to him saying that she needs to get waxed more often is that she shaves his bush which only makes him realize that now that he doesn't have as dense of a jungle his dick looks bigger.
2: Ew again this guy is so horrible the fact that she's fucking him and like shaving his balls is just like super gross to me. You
1: think she's shaving his balls? What? Did she not shave his balls? But I think the above dick area. Okay, I don't know
2: what's like... What's going on? Tat showed me a TikTok the other day that was like some woman asked all these guys like can women pee with a tampon in to get their honest responses and most people like didn't know. So I guess I'm like that. I don't know what
1: is shaved and what is not shaved. It's a balance. I once dated a guy who was very hairy but he completely manscaped his pubic area and it was just it was very disconcerting because it was like hairy 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 nothing and then hairy again there was no middle ground let's say right it's like if you just
2: mowed like a one square yard of an overgrown yard yeah it would be very
1: disconcerting
2: so back at charlotte's work her and her single white female kinky psychotic protege
1: (laughs) aka me are
2: having a dispute over the placement of a painting yes which charlotte exclaims you're 22 what do you know about life which is so condescending if someone said that to me i'd be like oh like she's not okay It's so
1: transparent that this is based on her own insecurities. Why do you care where the painting goes? Because you immediately abdicate your responsibility seconds later. You're like, you know what? I'm leaving for the day. (laughs) You remember you have to lock up at the end of the day, right? Great. Bye. (laughs) So this is where the photo of Charlotte that she pulls out before she goes back to work in season two is from. She's not wearing a
2: belt in this outfit. Girl, don't even get me started. We already went through that. I can't revisit that.
1: But yes, no belt, peak Mercer Street. I love when they take BTS photos and they just pretend like it's real photos from their life. What are Uh, we supposed to think? Bill Cunningham was just on the street and took a photo of Charlotte? Well, what do they say? It's like she walked
2: into her new future. It's like only to go back to being a gallerina two decades later.
1: Yes, because she sees a woman holding a child and it's like, that's my ambition. That's where I'm going to be, baby. And then Miranda's on the couch, sawns her her neck brace. But I guess to connect the overarching theme, she's watching cooking shows and not working, even though she's the career woman. It's like, that was Samantha's point. Miranda never made this point (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess she does what she yells at at Charlotte, but she's like, girl, do whatever you want.
2: Yeah, just don't act so shaken and confused about the choice that you're making.
1: And Carrie is back in the nook. She's not exactly in the nook when she wakes up, but she's able to roll over into the nook. So they're in a more honest place. Sometimes you just need to have it out with your partner. In order
2: to just move on.
1: Yes, communication is key. I think what we've learned from this episode is that you have to demand forgiveness and compromise on nothing. (laughs) Because she's like, I will not stop seeing Big and you will have to forgive me and I'm going to cry so you can't say anything about it. So how many Manolos would you give this episode? Eight
2: and a half. I'm giving it nine out of ten. Okay. And I'm giving it a high rating because we have Neck Brace Miranda, which is just... A really important thing we have two of the best carrie looks of the entire series and one of the best samantha looks being that ungaro suit and we get two really major
1: comedic fights between the girls you're right this episode holds five iconic sex in the city moments that you would think would have been in several episodes but it is just in this one and next episode my mother bored myself This is peak sex in the city. Not the funniest of episodes, but one of the best. All right, guys, let us know if you think after rewatching this episode that from this moment on, Aiden constructed a plan (laughs) to get his revenge on Mr. Big. He was like, I don't care how long this is going to take, but I will dance on that man's grave.
2: Yes, curious to hear everyone's thoughts. Anywho, we will be back next week as per usual. Hope you guys have a fabulous week. All right, guys. Love
1: you. Bye. Bye.